Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, We are so glad to have you joining here with us. If you're joining with us online as well, I can tell you that I have just loved our outdoor services. Now, how many have been to an outdoor service before? Can you just wave at me real quick there? Okay, how about last year? Anybody went to one of the outdoor services last year? Okay, a lot that are there. I know some of you online as well were able to be a part of that. One of the things, one of the many things that I just so appreciated and loved about our outdoor services was it was this reassurance to me that Jesus in the midst of such uncertainty was there with us and leading us into something that was truly exciting and more than we ever expected it to be. And it kind of brings us right back to where we're at today and this expectation that Jesus has something so very personal and so much more for us. I'm hoping that the services today that you're able to be a part of is going to be a, um, a unique part of your Labor Day weekend and something that you're looking back to, in fact, in the weeks to come as a personal time that Jesus Jesus was at work in your life. Now, we're in week two of our series, Fresh Starts. And before I I just jump into that, I want to say also just this word of excitement and anticipation about what we as a church can do again to help other people that are in need. Denise and I, I mean, we gave for the Ida Relief to... um, Um, on our um, electronic giving today, and I'm hoping that we're going to have that opportunity to be able to announce, even by the end of this week, that we've got one of those semis that are just on their way helping out people that are finding themselves in a place of just of terrible hurt and feeling that touch of love in Jesus that we're extending in an indirect way, but we'll be going through hands and feet of Jesus in a very direct way that way. In essence, we want to be able to help them with a fresh start after a potentially just devastating time that's in their life. So speaking to fresh starts right now, think with me. There have been times in our lives that a fresh start has come to us as it were like out of the blue. We weren't expecting it, and it was just this gift of God that just seemed to come down to us. Other times, though, the fresh start came to us after a lot of careful planning and a lot of hard work. And in those times, that fresh start came with a deep sense of satisfaction. But then there's times, and I think all of us have probably experienced this, that we were so wanting a fresh start. But because of some of the things that we had done and because of some of the decisions that we had made, that fresh start actually seemed like it was a million miles away. Like it was never going to become a reality for us again. And we were going to be stuck in the midst of the failure that we have, um, that we found ourselves in. One individual helped us to understand that was a close friend of Jesus. His name was Peter. And Peter wasn't only a friend of Jesus, but he was one of his closest followers and one who was a leader to the other followers and disciples as well. So in this particular night, one of the darkest nights, that Jesus had been now arrested and he was being held awaiting for what we know was going to be his crucifixion the next day, Peter comes to the place where Jesus is being held. And here's what happened. Now, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. 
you are also a Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway, where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. And after a little while, those who were standing there went to Peter and said, surely you are one of them because your accent gives you away. And then he began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. And Jesus turned and he looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word that the Lord had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And Peter went out and he wept bitterly. This fresh start for Peter seemed like it would be a million miles away. In fact, there was no hope for Peter after this in his understanding that he would ever get a fresh start. So what do you do? What do we do when we have made choices that we regret? We've acted in a way that really has betrayed us as a follower of Jesus. We look into the mirror and we see a failure that's there, a failure as a follower of Jesus. You ever been there? Maybe, maybe some are there, like right now, and it's almost a, a miracle that you're even joining with us today because of the way you feel and the lost hope that you have. I've been a Christian mm, three, four months at this point. I've been growing in my faith, and I can tell you honestly, I loved Jesus. As I was walking home from school, and school's only about four blocks away from my house, I just rounded the corner, and I was coming to uh, my street corner. I was at the corner of Young and Evergreen. I lived on Evergreen Street. And Dave Collins lived on the corner house right there. And he and a bunch of friends, they were out playing basketball. And when they saw me, Dave just grabbed the ball. He held it. He turned to me, and he just goes like, Guy, where the heck have you been? We haven't seen you, like, forever. And they said, I heard that you have become a Jesus freak. Is that true? Now, I had lost several of my partying friends over the last, you know, couple of months just by telling them about what Jesus had done in my life. And I can remember this moment like it was yesterday. I remember where the sun was in the sky. I remember where I was standing on the sidewalk. I could tell you the names and the places that everybody was at on that court that was in the driveway at Dave's house. This is so crystal clear. It's burned into, into my memory. And I looked at Dave and just said, really? Really? Come on. Give me a freaking break, would you? Do you think that I would be a Jesus freak? And he just goes like, huh? Okay, hey. And then everybody invited me to play ball, and, you know, game was picking up again. And I'm like, now I'm on my way home. And I just continued, you know, walking. And I took the 14, 15 steps it took me to get around the corner there. But I had felt that entire time that Jesus himself was just looking 
at me, looking into my eyes. And by the time I turned the corner, I could feel just a course of hot tears that were running down my face. I wasn't crying audibly, I didn't say anything, but this, this understanding of how I had just denied Jesus publicly, the utter failing that was within me to this day. I mean, you talk about something that's hard to admit. Standing here, knowing that, you know, we're on tape, online, you're looking at it, and everything that goes out on the web, it lives there forever. And to let that be known before other people, I am embarrassed. I still feel a sense of shame for that. What about you? Has there been a time that you've just, as you've looked into the mirror that night, the next day, and seen somebody that you just judge a failure? You know that you are a failure as a follower of Jesus. What do you do? Well, I want to take you to one of my favorite places on planet Earth. We're going to be at the corner, the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee in Israel. You'll see a little picture of it as it comes up there. In fact, if you go to Israel with us next year, I guarantee you we're going to take some time. We're just going to hang out in this particular spot. And one of my favorite places in Scripture, it correlates to this spot that we're at right now, and that's John chapter 21. And if you happen to have a Bible with you, um, turn over there right now. Head there. If you've got a phone, a Bible app that you've got in your phone, open it up and go to John chapter 21. We're going to be heading to verse 15 in just a moment or two. Just so that you know where we're at, John 21 is the last chapter in the gospel of John. So Jesus is resurrected from the dead. At this point, he has appeared to his disciples on several occasions. There is no doubt that Jesus has forgiven Peter for what he did and his denial. And at the same time, though, Peter is still living under the shadow of failure. He's living in the past as he feels with his relationship with God as well as his relationship with the rest of the disciples. That's where we're at. And we read these words, starting in John chapter 15 here. Verse 15. It says, and when they had finished eating. So what had happened was Jesus appeared to his disciples when they were fishing that night. In fact, the disciples were fishing the entire night and they caught nothing, which is a miserable experience. Anytime I go out fishing and I catch nothing, it's like a miserable experience. But when you're out all night and you catch nothing, I mean, they are not happy. And they think, like, we're way better than this. And so Jesus appears to them on on the shore, and he calls to them. Now, personally, I think he should have walked out to them. That would have been, you know, like, that would have been so cool, right? But instead, he just calls to them, and he goes like, hey, uh, why don't you try throwing the net on the other side of the boat, right? Just cast on the other side of the boat. And they did. And when they did, it was like, wham! <laughs> Nets were full. They literally had a boatload of fish. There was absolutely no doubt that it was Jesus that was on the shore for them. So they pulled the fish in, and by the time they'd gotten to the shore, Jesus had breakfast waiting for them. He had fish cooking over um, a fire, which means Jesus was a barbecuer. Are you catching me where I'm going with this right now? I mean, it's part of the way that I love Jesus and 
I'm sure he had a big green egg back then too. Jesus had, he had breakfast that was ready for them. And when they finished eating, here's what happens. Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then take care of my sheep. The third time, remember how many times Peter had denied? The third time he said to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. There is a catalytic statement. It's actually a catalytic question that Jesus used to bring a fresh start. And the fresh start was needed. And it is a catalytic question that is continually used by Jesus to this very day. When we, the question is, do you love me? When we respond to this question, when we are able to connect with the love that Jesus has for us, that will be the means of having a relationship that is broken, that is restored with God. It is the means of having a relationship that is broken with others, that is restored, or we get a fresh start too in our lives. A couple of good friends of mine, uh, Jason and Sarah, they've agreed just to be able to uh, take a moment and share a little bit of their story with us. So thanks for being here, guys. Really appreciate that. Two questions I've got today. The first one, how was it that God actually restored his relationship with you when it was, as you've described it, badly broken? Sarah? Yep. I love answering this question because it gives so much hope, but it doesn't start out that way. I was actually raised in a home in which we practiced um, and studied New Age and the occult, and we were pretty much taught to despise Christians and Christianity. I had one parent that was abusive, the other one that abandoned the family, and that was uh, a tremendous blow to me as a, as a person. So I dealt with that in a lot of negative ways, including alcoholism and promiscuity, which only made the problem so much worse. It just brought on so much more darkness. I had this black hole inside of me that I was trying to fill with everything and nothing would even touch it. I actually took that into my marriage, um, and we were two broken people who were trying to fill ourselves with each other, and we will always, always fall short when we try to do that, which led to resentment, which led to bad behavior, which ultimately destroyed our marriage. Our marriage was just a, a pile of rubble, and it led to a separation between the two of us. I just remember that time. I had no hope. I was completely hopeless. And so just uh, defeated and just had this overwhelming sense of worthlessness. And I wanted a new life. I wanted a fresh start, and I did not know how to get there. But God, he pursued me through people, music, movies, books. When I look back at it, I see him everywhere. 
And it was through prayer and personal relationship with Jesus that everything changed. Everything was new. The alcoholism was gone. The wanting to fill myself through attention from other people was gone. But don't get me wrong, there was a lot left to work on, and I've been working on that ever since with him, but there was so much change so quickly. It just gave me this new hope, and I had this new life. That's, that is really cool. How about for you, Jason? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a similar, I mean, I lived my whole life just in addiction. I was uh, addicted to just about everything, alcohol, drugs, all that, so... Um, at this point in time, I had pretty much lost everything. I mean, I lost, I got another DUI, so I lost my job. I lost my wife and kids, so everything, I was just desperate. I really didn't know what way to go. I, everything I had known in life was just gone, and I knew I needed to start over, but I had no clue what even that looked like, that fresh start you're talking about. That's what I was looking for, but I'm like, what does that even mean? I, I was like in a pit, and I really had no clue how to get out of it. Um, but I did notice Sarah was changing, and I was like, well, she's sober, but the, I've seen her sober before, and that is definitely not what it was. She had like this weird piece about her, and it, I was really intrigued by it, so I started asking her questions, and uh, and she told me that she started a relationship with Jesus, and I was like, okay, I'm not sure what that is, but... I'm very intrigued by that. Um, she, yeah, I wanted that, you know, that fresh, she said that Jesus gave her a fresh start. And I was like, that's what I'm looking for. That's exactly what I need. So that's pretty much how I started my relationship with Christ, by seeing what Sarah had and then me going after it. So, so you had this beginning, you had the fresh start with God, but that didn't fix everything at home right away. So what did it take to get that fresh start as far as relationship together? I'm going to be really honest. Um, my first act of obedience was to walk back into my marriage, which I did not want to do. I looked at that ruined relationship and I thought, but I've got like this brand new life and this brand new everything and all of that is broken and I cannot see a way to fix that. And I didn't really want to do it. But it was out of a love for Jesus and him really showing me that that was what he wanted me to do. And because he gave me a new hope for, you know, for a fresh start in my life, I knew that there was a possibility that we could have one in our marriage as well. Jason? Hey, she took me back. So I was having... <laughs> Which yeah. was like a minor miracle. Right? They're <laughs> clapping. She took me back. <laughs> no, I mean, I... You know, at that point in time, I had cheated on her. I got a third DUI, so I was facing jail time. So I had all this stuff, and it was uh, it was just by God's grace that he was working in our relationship. I mean, I had a lot. Just because I was starting to seek my relationship with Christ didn't mean I didn't have to, you know, deal with all the consequences of everything I had done already. So I, I'm working on my relationship with Christ, but I'm still working on all the old stuff that I had to clean up. But... Since God was working in my life and he was working in Sarah's life and we took it and we, we asked God to be at the center of our marriage, that's what really ultimately helped us to, you know, work on our marriage and grow our marriage. And I mean, we've been married 13 years when this was all going on. Now we've been married 26. So it's a long time in. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I mean, it, it's, it is an absolute miracle what God did with our marriage because we had so much destruction in our life going on, and for God to have us still together is, is just a blessing. We're not 
the poster children for a perfect marriage, I promise you, we, we still go up and down. But with Christ, there is hope in our marriage. So, See, you, you, you're one of the people that can joke. So we've been married, um, you know, we've been married 13 happily years, and we've been married 26 years, yeah. right? Yeah. right? <laughs> so just for perspective for us, like, how long did it take? Like, so, you, you know, you became a Christian, then how long before you could say there was this semblance of a fresh start in your relationship with each other? Um, I would say it was probably uh, about a a year. It was it was a year. The change in my life came, and then six months later, I walked into our back into our marriage, and then it was probably another six plus months before uh, Jason really really was walking with the Lord. Short year, long year. It was a very long year, but it was only one. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, thank. Hey, can we just say thanks to Jason, Sarah, for. Helping us again, perspective and hope that's there that way. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate that. And, you know, Sarah mentioned that for her, um, when she became Christian, you know, deliverance from an addiction to alcohol, like, boom, it was just gone. Uh, that's what doesn't, it doesn't happen for everybody. And I just want to remind us again, you know, for us, for friends of ours, we find ourselves and we're struggling to overcome something that we know is pulling us back or pulling us down. Um, Celebrate Recovery is a great, great help and a you know gift of God for us that way just as with marriage and rebuilding um re-engage for those that have marriages like yeah this is not good right now to those like this is really great right now it will help you to move it ahead and I hope that you will just you know not only tap into these resources yourself but share with your friends let them know where there's help and hope available to them because that's certainly what Jesus wants for us to have with this fresh start now for us personally there is an offer that Jesus extends to the one who has failed. And by that, I mean we have failed because of a choice of sin in our lives. All of us make choices to sin, and the Bible is really clear about that. But when we do, and when we find ourselves in the midst of failure, it's like, so what now? Like, am I going to be stuck and trapped here? And the word that Jesus gives to us is found in 1 John chapter 1, verse number 9. And I want to ask you if you would read this with me. So everybody, where you at? Let's read this together out loud. Ready? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This promise of God to us is so important that I want to encourage everybody to memorize this verse this week. Now, is anybody thinking when I say that, that you're just thinking like, I can't memorize scripture, I can't memorize that. Anybody thinking that? Anybody thinking it now since I said it? Now now I'm, now I'm thinking, you know, that. And it may be a challenge for you, but if I were to say to you, if I were to say to you, you know, right now, tell you what. If you come back next week and you can quote for me 1 John 1, 9 from memory, I will give you $1,000. How many can memorize a verse in one? Yeah, like, well, that's a, like, I, like, I could do that, right? Hear me. This verse is going to be worth well more than $1,000 to you in your life. And what it is, you're going to be able to help others with it as well. It is truly a priceless gift that God extends to us. Now, what all is it saying? It starts out if we confess our sins. For clarity, that word confess is the word homologia. It's a compound Greek word. Homo meaning same. Legia, logos, meaning word, it says this. 
if you same word with God, in other words, if you say the same thing that God is saying, or if you agree with God about your sin, then he is going to forgive us. There is a difference between saying, I'm sorry, and actually homo legion, or confessing our sin. I could have, once I had denied Jesus publicly, I could have just gone, uh, uh, Jesus, you know, I, I shouldn't have done that. Sorry, Jesus, and then moved on with my life. But instead, what I knew I needed was to agree with God. When I came to Jesus, I needed to confess. Jesus, it was more important to me what those people thought about me than what you think about me. It was more important for me to feel accepted than it was for my friends' souls. And whether they went to heaven or hell, that's what my sin, that's what my transgression, that was at the heart of why I did what I did. Isn't that way different than just saying I'm sorry? To actually agree with it, you go like, that's hard. That's what repentance is. That's what that agreement is. We had five kids, and how many times with five kids can you imagine we need to say from one to the other, like, you say you're sorry to them, you say you're sorry. And you know what they did? I'm sorry, right? Like, I'm sorry, like, oh, I'm sorry. And you know there was zero repentance that was going on right there. There was no homologia with that. And that's what we can get trapped into at the same time. Oh, sorry, God, I did this, and we just move on like nothing happened versus when we agree, that's when we experience what God wants for us. When we confess... God forgives, and then he restores. I keep this as a reminder in my office. This is actually a piece of basalt. It's from that beach over on that northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee. There's a church there called the Church of the Restoration. It is that place that took place. I keep this as a reminder, not just of the forgiveness that Jesus extended, and knowing that this was a place that Jesus was at, he may have walked on this very rock. But it reminds me that he gave Peter a fresh start. And when I'm at that place in my life, and I am just so discouraged and thinking like, I've just blown it, I've screwed up, I can look back at something like this and be reminded that there is a fresh start that is awaiting for any one of us that will confess, agree with God, and receive from him that way. You see, when the Bible says he will forgive us and will purify us, that means to restore to what it once was. Uh, the term purify, it meant something that was used in the temple of God that had become defiled, however it was, so you couldn't use it in the temple anymore. If it could be purified, if it could be sanctified, made holy again, then they could use it in the temple. Now, that's a little harder for us to wrap our, our, our head around. This might help us a little bit more to understand what, it, what does it mean to be purified or to be put back in the place of use. Did you know that if you go and have surgery, anybody had surgery before? Okay, so those of you got there. Um, it's better to know it now than going in if you've got surgery this week. Did you know that when they do surgery, they're using used instruments on you? It's true. So if you are second in line, you are going to get used instruments on you that day. And if you're third in line, now you're getting used instruments. And if you're fourth in line for surgery, you're getting used instruments on you. 
I know you're thinking like, no, it can't be. It's true. But if you're first in line, you're also getting used instruments on you as well. Because once they've taken those instruments and used them, they will put them through a process of sterilization. And when something has been used, there's no way they're going to bring somebody else in and use that same thing on them because it's defiled until it's been sterilized. And then it's fit to be able to be used to save life and help again. That's what the word purified means. It means God has purified. He has taken you and whatever's gone on in your life and he has put you in the place where you are as good as new relationally with him. And that's what happened with Peter. Jesus restored him. He gave him a fresh start. And Peter's love for Jesus grew. And I always think we got to, we, we at least got to beg the question, does that mean that if I sin, then my love for Jesus can go deeper? Right? Because that's what happened with Peter. Man, he really blew it. Now he ends up loving Jesus more. Here's what you need to remember. A, you do not need to sin to grow in your faith or grow in your love for Jesus. Like, he was crystal clear. Scripture's crystal clear about that. B, if you do sin, you can be forgiven, but you will carry a scar with you. We can, carry the, we can call it the scar of regret. And those scars, they're not pretty. And then there's C, there is no promise that once I've sinned and broken relationship that I am gonna come back to God. And some, again, it may have been years since whatever broke relationship with God for you happened. And maybe today you will come back and it will be glorious. But you'll look back at wasted days, weeks, or months that have gone on. I want to be crystal clear that sin never makes life better. Let me say it again. Sin never makes life better. Would you repeat that with me, everybody? Sin never makes life better. One more time, just like you're saying to your kids, sin never makes life better. And knowing that, when we do, God says, I will come to you. So we come back to this question of Jesus. It's a question of the day. Do you love me? It's a question for this week, and really, it's your question for this month, this year. It's a question of life. Because how we answer this question determines everything. And if you would say sincerely today to Jesus, when he says, do you love me? And if you would sincerely answer, I would sincerely answer, yes, Jesus, I love you. Then know that Jesus is going to speak back to you at that time, just like he did to Peter. To Peter, he said, then feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. Very specific words that Jesus had for Peter. For us, Jesus will reply this way. When we say, yes, Jesus, I love you, Jesus will say, then keep my commands. John 15, 14 says this. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands. Jesus says, do you love me? Yes, Jesus, I love you. Then he said, then keep following me. Then do the things that you know that I've asked you. I mean, here's a specific 
Jesus would ask us, be baptized with believer's baptism. Once you've trusted me, Jesus asked of everybody, would you outwardly acknowledge that you've received me as your Savior? And the way that I've asked every single person since the time that I began my ministry is through this means of believer's baptism. And if you haven't been baptized with believer's baptism, Jesus said, do you love me? Will you keep this command? Use a QR code, sign up today, just to say yes to what Jesus has for you. And whatever it is that you know that Jesus has for you, your yes opens up his next working in your life. And there is so much excitement. There is, there is so much hope that comes with that, that fresh start as well. Today, my friends, before we get to communion, if, if your relationship's been broken, the promise is there that if you will confess your sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive you and will restore you. I'm going to invite you to do that with a very personal prayer before Jesus. If you're joining with us, you haven't received Jesus as your Savior. You know that he died on the cross for your sins. You know that he's resurrected. But for whatever reason, you've just been putting off, putting your faith and trust in him as your Lord and Savior. Today, if you're ready to do that, today is the day of salvation for you. Jesus says, I love you. What will you do with that love that Jesus extends to you? I'd like to ask everybody if you'd bow your head with me. And I'm gonna break this into a twofold prayer. The first prayer is going to be for those that would say today, guy, I know there is something that I need to agree with God about to receive forgiveness and to have my relationship restored again with Jesus. If that's you today, would you just lift a hand? Guy, I need to confess before. I need to receive the promise of 1 John 1, 9. Yeah, all over. If you're online, just put that in the chat. Just put a hand up there. Jesus, you know each heart. You know each person that's lifting a hand to you right now. You know everyone that is agreeing with you. And may they understand they have been forgiven. And their relationship has been given a fresh start with you. We'd love you, Jesus. Now for those that would say, Guy, I'm ready to trust Jesus as my Savior today. Would you pray for me? Can I ask you, would you lift a hand? Guy, I haven't received Jesus, but I'd like to today. Yeah, just up, wave at me just a minute. I'll know you're not just stretching. Yep, thank you, God bless you. Online, same thing. Jesus, you've done everything that we need to be able to receive life from you. And we ask you now, would you be my Lord? and be my savior. I repent of my sin. I put my full trust in you and you alone. And all God's people said together, amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. 
Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.